Welcome to the Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and once again, I am joined by Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. How are you doing today, Doc? Oh, I'm all rested, ready to go. You know, when you get a little older, Shane, you'll be there someday. You got to relax every so often. So I'm all relaxed right now. Well, I'm glad you were able to kick back and relax a little bit because we're back at it with part two with one of your favorites. And arguably, and I say arguably because there's some DJs out there that might believe that they are the most successful of them all from our station, WIXQ. But he's arguably the most successful radio personality to come from our radio station, WIXQ. Mr. Mike Tyler of the nationally syndicated radio show, Todd and Tyler Radio Empire on Z92, the rock station out in Omaha, Nebraska. And we had talked to Mike about his days at our station, WIXQ. And now we'd like to bring him back for a part two to talk about his time in commercial radio. I'm ready, Shane, because I want, I, I love Mike and, I, and I, I, I'm so glad he's here because I miss him and I want to see him. Doc, I know how much he's meant to you, so I think it's time we bring him back in here. That's a go. That's a the 10, what do they call it? 10, 4, whatever. It's a go. Go for it, Shane. Go for it. So let's go for it here and welcome back Mr. Mike Tyler to Scholastic Transmission. Alrighty, Mike. So picking up where we left off on part one of your interview here on Scholastic Transmission, you would talk the majority of the time about your days in college radio, and you had made mention there that you had actually gotten your start in commercial radio while you were working at WIXQ. You became employed at WIOV, the country station here back in Central PA, before going on to work at a number of other different stations in the area. So could you please describe how that exactly came about? You know, I, uh, I think there was like a, they posted some uh, note at the, at the station, uh, need weekend people at IOV. I remember Doc, I don't know if Doc, Doc suggested me, but I, I just sent a tape up and a guy named, an old uh, a program director named Bill Quay. I don't know if Bill's even around anymore, but he, uh, he liked the tape and he hired me. And God, I was nervous that first day on the air. because that, that was a blowtorch of a station. I think it was 50,000 watts. It still is, obviously. And uh, it was country music, which was fine. I mean, we, we had to speak between each record. But I got up there and I got my, my foot in the door, at least for that. So it helped me with my second job. But I graduated from Millersville in about August, uh, August of 90, uh, 83, excuse me. And I sat around working there part-time a little bit. And then eventually I got in, uh, I got W, uh, uh, w, w, Jesus, uh, the AM state, LPA. WLPA. Okay. I got it. I got a full-time gig at WLPA in the spring of 84 and they were a big band. And I was a 22 year old long haired rock and roller, but I got on the show there and that was Mike Edwards on that show. I was working seven to midnight playing big band music. Holy shit. I was still living in Harrisburg. So I was driving down every day in Lancaster. The state LPA was right in the middle of town. I know it's, I know it's out on the highway now, but it's right in the middle of Lancaster. And I worked there about six months, but then all of a sudden they went all news and they, and they, uh, they had to get a news guy. So they let me go. That was my first reality. Like, Oh my God, you get fired from radio and you didn't even do anything wrong. You know, it's just the way it works. So I was out of work for a little bit. I sent a tape at uh, a station in Harrisburg that was uh, top 40 and they hired me for overnights. And although I wanted the full-time job, it was, uh, uh, it was still top 40. I wasn't top 40 guy. Well, fate would have it. 
like January of 85, the station flipped formats with WTPA and we became 93.5 WTPA, which is a old rock station at the time. You probably remember that. I know they changed formats a while, but so I worked at WTPA as a seven midnight guy for about three years, right in my hometown. We were based in Mechanicsburg, right outside of Harrisburg. The station was there. And then soon after that, again, they brought a woman in, uh, a girl, and they wanted to ch- the, the, the boss and I really never got along. I might have said bullshit too many times. I don't know. So I got let go there, and they brought this girl in, and then uh, Starview hired me out of York. And I worked at Starview nights and then afternoons for five years. And about the end of uh, – beginning of 93, I uh, – there was a morning show with a guy, my, my partner now, Todd. He was brought in out of town, and him and I started hanging out a little bit, and they put us together in February of 93. And we were having some fun. We were, we were, we were getting some inroads on coffee in the jammer at the time. And uh, we ended up uh, – who I knew all the, I knew both those guys. And then we ended up getting a job offer in Omaha. So we got a job offer in Omaha, and I remember thinking, you know, I was an East Coast guy, and I still got the East Coast attitude. But I, uh, I looked at the map. I said, fucking Omaha. I said, where the hell's that? <laughs> and I knew it was in Nebraska. I looked at the map. I said, oh, my God, I can't move a thousand miles away. Everything I know is back here. But I flew to town, and it's a, it's a big city. It's, I mean, people don't understand that. It's a big town. And uh, we took the job right away. We moved here in August of 93. Started going really well. Uh, we, we were thinking about moving. But we wanted to, but all we wanted was a bigger audience. So they syndicated us in 06, 2006. And we've been syndicated ever since. And we've been doing really well. In fact, uh, Tuesday, uh, me and Todd are, uh, this coming Tuesday, are going to be inducted in Nebraska Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, Mike. We're proud of that because uh, it's funny because it's, it's Nebraska Broadcast Hall of Fame. And so we're going to be the same Hall of Fame of, of Johnny Carson. Tom Brokaw and Dick Cabot are all Nebraska guys originally. Well, Brokaw worked was from South Dakota, but he worked in Omaha for years before he became famous. But all three of those guys, we're going to be the same uh, Nebraska Broadcast Hall of Fame as those three guys. That We're real proud of that, yeah. Did you ever think when you no. started your journey in college radio, no. you'd ever get that? No. <laughs> no. Uh, because we did, I, I did, we did it on our terms. I mean, you have to make some sacrifices and some, and, and some deals with – uh, you know, the devil a little bit when it comes to bosses. But you, uh, if you do what you love, you know, it, it, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I realize you got to pay the bills and things like that. And we did okay there too. But but you just, you've got to, you just, if you do what you love, and I try to tell young kids that want to get into broadcasting or any kind of, uh, any kind of thing that's not, you know, business or just anything that's not, it's off the main path. I said, do it, try it, especially you try it when you're young. Don't waste your time and but have some I mean, have some fun, you know. How did your experiences in college radio prepare you for life in commercial radio? Oh, not being a I mean, I was a communications major, so I I, I don't what was your major there at Millicent? Communications. Okay, so I mean I had we had we had to go through major speech classes and uh, you know uh, I remember and speech interpretation and and I had some theater classes, and although I wasn't a theater guy, I was at some theater classes. So you, what you, what I did become was, because I wasn't this big loud mouth in high school. I was just one of the guys hanging out. But you become more confident in yourself. But you have a mic. You know that you sound great. When you have a microphone in your face and you're in front of people, and you're and you're you are performing. 
not just on the radio, performing out in public, nothing better than college radio for that because you, you're in, you're not, nobody's laughing at you. They're having, they're encouraging you, you know, because everybody is letting their freak flag fly a little bit, you know, in college radio. They really are. Everybody's trying to be fun, have a good time. Before you had left uh, for Omaha, Nebraska, and when you were working around here in central Pennsylvania, did you have any of your listeners, whether or not it was on Starview or TPA, recognize you from your time on WIXQ? You know, at first, uh, because Lancaster, we, we would get calls from high school kids when I was on WIXQ in Lancaster. I think that was, I mean, at first, I was only right out of high school myself. But uh, so, yeah, I, I would. I, but see, I changed my name, but I would get like the. Once in a while, I get a call. Hey, uh, Mike Tyler, are you, were you Mike? Were you Mike Kyle on WI? I got that a few times at, uh, at. I definitely got that at IOV because I was Mike Edwards up there. Uh, no, I was Mike Kyle. Excuse me, I was Mike Kyle on IOV. I, I used my real name up there for some reason. No, I got that at Starview a few times later on, which was kind of weird. I'll tell you a good story. I was out of college for about seven, eight years, and I was working at Starview. And Meatloaf came to uh, Millersville uh, to the uh, to the gym. And this has been 88, maybe. And uh, they wanted me to come down to announce it. So it was kind of cool to go to Billersville to announce a concert and be on professional radio. I'm, I'll never forget that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Talk about the dream right there. There's a world-renowned superstar coming to your alma mater, and you get the chance to introduce him. I was, well, I, yeah, over the years, I got to meet a lot of people in music that way. And get to introducing them and, and hanging out with them and, and uh, interviewing them. Comedians, too. A lot of comedians in the past you know, we've been all we've been an all talk show. The Todd and Tyler, we've been all talk since '96. Yeah, '96. Oh, not that we don't talk about music; we talk about everything. But, uh, but we, yeah, it's, it's been all talk since '96. Yeah. What was it like for you back then, Mike? Going back to 1993 to leave everything behind, everything that you ever knew here in Central Pennsylvania, to go all the way out there. Well. My mom had just died about a year before that of cancer. She only died at she died at fifty seven. It was young. And it, it, it hit me in the face pretty hard. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? You know? And then I got the offer and I talked to my dad and he was encouraging. I said, I said, Hey, if it doesn't work out, I come back. And, and I, and I was 30, 31, almost 32 when I moved. And so I was everything I ever knew. I mean, central PA and you know, the whole East coast was anything I ever knew. So get coming out here and, and starting to work and in the apartment and to the whole life, everything changed for me, but it was the best thing I ever did professional and then i met my wife out here years later but uh, i i get back a lot and i miss the east coast a lot a lot of things still do but uh it, it i tell i also tell people this in any kind of job if you have an offer you got something you want to do i mean like i said i wasn't even 20 i was 32 uh, just do it i mean it, it, what's the worst you fail or you it doesn't work out well for you go back you move back home you know i just i mean uh, a lot of people don't want to pull that trigger now granted i didn't have a wife or kids when i moved I had a girlfriend in Pennsylvania, and then, uh, then when I got here, we didn't we, we didn't stay together. But it was just you know it's it's just life the way it was. You know, it worked out worked out really well. I always hear you have to take risks, and you took a giant one right there, and it paid off. You have to I'm, in any profession, in any profession, you have to take a risk. And I'm sure Doc will tell you that. You know, Doc's Doc's a New England guy. You know, you know <laughs> he 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 moved out of town years ago. You know. I'm more than a New England guy. I lived in Minneapolis. I lived in Cleveland. I lived in you know, Boston. I know. I forgot. Well, I knew that. I forgot about that. I know you, were, you went to your undergrads, Tufts, right? Yeah, I went to Tufts University, and then I got a PhD out of Minnesota. 
And That's then right. I taught at Case Western for five years. And then That's I came right, to Case Western. Much I, like I you all, said, I, where, where, I, much like you said, where's Omaha, Nebraska? <laughs> I said, where the heck is Millersville, Pennsylvania? I, I know you said it. I guarantee you said that. Yeah. <laughs> now, for you, Mike, what has it been like having such an impact on your area out in Nebraska for so long? Well, you know, it's it. Uh, we I, it, one thing about what we do for a living, it's about ratings. So, my partner and I have always uh, realized that. Uh, no matter what you've done in the past, it's the past. And we've been on the air 28 years. So being relevant is always important because I've always said that it doesn't matter how old I am, we're still talking We're still talking to kids that are, I mean, guys that are 22, 23 years old, still listen to the show. And I, and people older than that, and older than me for that matter, listen to the show. So uh, we try to stay relevant. You know, we get we dabble in politics, and that's pissed people off over the, over the past four or five years because of the bullshit that was been happening. But um, – you know, we're liberal guys, so we're, we're all over the board, but even people that don't like our opinions on certain things will still like uh, the dick jokes and the fun part and all that kind of crap, you know? So it's just, we talk about life, basically. So I think the impact is, uh, yeah, I don't really sit down and try to think about it too much because I, I, I still want to keep, uh, then, then you get, then you, you start buying your own bullshit. Like, Doc, bullshit. Start buying your own bullshit. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to ever buy my own bullshit. <laughs> As a radio nut, I try to listen to as much radio as I can, especially if there's a Millersville alum involved. And from what I know of Mike, you're not shy of bringing up your Millersville roots. And in fact, if you type in Todd and Tyler Radio Empire cartoons, you're wearing a Millersville University t-shirt in your cartoon. Why do you feel the need to represent your roots all the way out there? I brought up Millersville a lot over the years because I... uh you know, you hear when people say they go to college, a lot of people are mentioning all the big schools, you know, and I know, and there's small schools everywhere. I shouldn't say small. I mean, this was not even that small. It's division two. I think it, it was 6,000 undergrad when I was there. And there's a whole lot smaller schools than that. There's, there's one in 2,000 undergrad. What's, what's Millersville now, Doc? What's the undergrad? Population? About the same, 65 to 70. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, even though it's not 20 and 30 grand like some big universities, it still exists. Now, the funny part about Millersville out in the Midwest there's no Vils or Bergs out here, you know? And when I first said I went to Millersville, I used to wear the shirt and said Millersville. I still wear a couple of them. And people thought it meant Miller's beer and Miller beer was like a joke or something like that. I said, no, fuck you. I said, there's a Millersville university, but I've met, I've met a lot of comedians and rock bands over the years that traveled the country and they all know where Millersville is. Cause they've, they've gone through Lancaster. They played to college. So they know it. So, I, I'm always proud to bring up Millersville. I've always have been. I was I was promoted, even though I'm not anywhere near it. I, I always say, hey, listen, I got my start. I love the school. My nephew was between Millersville and IUP, Doc, about four years ago. And uh, the major he wanted was IUP and not Millersville. He was about to go to Millersville. And then my and my my niece, and she's definitely my great niece, she uh, is a great basketball player, and she just signed with Westchester. And, but she was almost, she almost went to Millersville and I'm thinking, Oh my God, you could have played basketball at Millersville. She's really tall and, and a great athlete. But uh, yeah, I always, I always pimp Millersville and you're right, Shane, I got that Millersville shirt and a couple of those cartoons because I was wearing it. And the guy that does our, does our cartoons always saw me in it. So he put it in the, in those cartoons. Yeah. That legacy just lives on. And that's what, something that I really appreciate is that your roots were always carry with you, no matter where you go, it's always going to carry with you. And I'm glad that you aren't afraid to represent where you came from. Well, I, I think it's because I'm not from here. And you know, when you move to the Midwest, 
there's a lot of Midwest, uh, you know, well, the East Coast, East Coast. And, and a lot of that's bullshit. Sorry, Doc, again. But it's like, uh, no, there are good and bad people all across the country. But there's like, there's a lot of Midwest elitism, which is stupid. Believe me, I love, a, there's a lot of cool people out here. But I've always represented where I'm from because it's important to me. Because you can just tell when you listen to me on the radio, especially if I'm back home for any period of time, a week, even two weeks, hanging out with some buds, I'll come back on the air and I'll start sounding like I'm just right back, you know, that I don't know if it's a mid-Atlantic accent. I don't even know what the hell it is. But I, I fall back into that real quickly. It's so easy to do. And I probably, I'm probably probably doing that now talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> now, tagging off the idea of your roots there, have you stayed connected with some of your friends that you formed at Millersville and at the radio station all the way back in the day? My roommates at school I'm still connected with, but they're not, they weren't in radio. I, like I said, I've, I've kept in touch. I, with social media has helped a lot. I would have loved to get back. There was a couple of reunions at, at IXQ that, that would have been great. I know Ian went back to one, and I know Andy Scheid was there. But recently with social media, well, Facebook over the past 10, 12 years, I, I've connected back with more. It's easy. You don't know where they went. You know, when everybody gets out of school at 22 years of age, they scatter. And, and at that time, there wasn't social media. There wasn't a way to hunt these people down. So it's kind of cool years later to find out where they're at. Like, like you said, Andy's, uh, I, I knew Andy and uh, Rob, Rob McKenzie, my buddy Rob, is, uh, does the same thing Doc does at East Stroud. And I talked to his class a couple weeks ago. And that was, that was interesting because uh, uh, he played some, <laughs> Rob played some of our uh, cartoons for the class. And he played a couple really, he didn't know what they were. He said, I'll just play a few of these. And he played a few really off-color ones. I mean, hardcore hardcore and you know he's a professor in a college so he's got to keep it i'm sure it's a lot more pc now than it was when i was there uh and and i'm thinking oh fuck man there were some hardcore jokes there were, there were girls in this class i'm thinking, oh shit so i've talked about the radio how i, I was on the radio I, i've told this story on the radio a few times about how i was talking to a, a class and he's played some of our hardcore bits i'm thinking oh shit but uh yeah i've tried to keep with some of the guys it's tough to i found out which few of them are and where they're at you know as time goes by it's a little easier with the social media, like I said. Now, after working so many years within commercial radio and looking back on your days in college radio and so many different college radio stations take elements of commercial radio to help out those students, whether or not they're trying to use it for the people who want to get into the industry or just that way they have an idea of what goes on. For somebody who has been in commercial radio for so long, what elements of commercial radio do you think college radio stations should use for that future generation? Well, I think that even though you want to have fun in college radio, you got to realize when it's when you're out, when you're in a professional radio, it's a business. They have to make money. It's about ratings. I mean, it's I mean, even though you can't you have fun, reality hits you pretty quick when it's a business ratings, books come out. Uh, I think that should be taught. I don't know if it's taught now at all in radio classes, but uh, ratings are huge. If you don't keep ratings up in your day part, you might be gone. Uh, so it's, yeah, there's a lot more reality when it comes to professional radio as opposed to college radio. I think what college radio does really well, at least it did back then, I'm sure it still is, is it lets you become who you think you are, you know? And I've always told students and anybody in radio anytime back in the day, or even now, is that you're going to run into people in professional radio that won't be so supportive. Don't believe all the bullshit because uh, not everybody's right. And I'm all right. I mean, I, I was told, you know, hey, well, I don't, you know, I, I, I had a few bosses that didn't like what I did in the radio, and uh, and I'm where I'm at there, and they're not. 
my boss anymore. I mean, it's just, you run into a lot of that. Like in any business, you're going to run into bullshit like that. But I think that I keep saying that now because of Doc. <laughs> but I, uh, I think that's important. College radio should probably impress upon people that when you get there, uh, you, you got to still get, it's, it's a business world, but it's also still creative and fun if you want it to be, you know. I want to reverse the tables here on you. What do you think commercial stations should take away from college radio? Well, if you're talking music, I think they, they could expand their playlist a lot. Radio has changed a lot. I mean, our station now, when we get off the air, it's pretty pretty hardcore modern modern rock. And I think the, our station in Wichita is modern rock. Our station in Lincoln's modern rock. I think our station in Idaho is a little bit more classic rock. So, uh, but I think that college takes more chances. College radio takes more chances. And I think that uh, uh, when it comes to music, at least, it, they, professional radio is a little slow to react. But there's also a lot more competition now. I mean, there's uh, the satellites. Terrestrial radio, or I, I like to call it real radio, because it's still radio, uh, doesn't, uh, didn't go away. It didn't go away when satellite came on. People thought it would, but it didn't. In fact, there's still more money in terrestrial than 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 uh than satellite but uh i would think that they could teach more just about you know how it's going to change a little bit and don't not everybody out there supportive professional radio like they are in college radio that's what i'm trying to say looking back on these past 40 plus years mike what do you think you wouldn't have today without college radio i wouldn't be doing what i do no way no way in hell i met i met some radio guys over the years that never even did college radio they, they went into radio they started radio when they were high school at some little am station they went my and I said, you know what, I, I, me personally would not be where I'm at today without WISQ and college radio because I came out of my shell. I wasn't a shy kid like I mentioned before, but I was also just one of the gang hanging out and playing football and baseball. And I got to Millersville and I realized, hey, there's a lot of cool people here. And I met a lot of really cool people. I just found my voice on the radio and uh, found out really what I wanted to do. It was, it was just like a wide open. It was like, a, it's like oh, my God, this is really cool. I'm going to do this, you know, and I struggled a lot early in the mid eighties. I mean, I, I didn't make a lot of money and, you know, I was just having fun living in an apartment with a, a you know, friend of mine. And yeah, you know, so there's a lot of that going on, but I kept at it and just, you know, I always wanted to do it. Didn't want to hate going to work. That was it. I want to end today's interview with one last question here. Sure. And this is a question that I had always asked our alumni when I was the chief announcer of the radio station at WIXQ. And I would bring them in throughout the 50th anniversary year and interview them and put out their college radio testimonials throughout the air for people to hear. And I'd always ended the interviews with the, with this question. Say you're walking along anywhere in the world, whether or not it's Omaha, whether or not it's Millersville, whether or not, say you're in another country like Japan, where the Olympics are at right now. And you're wearing like a WIXQ t-shirt or a WIXQ hat. And they come up to you and say, excuse me, sir, what's WIXQ? What would you tell them? Oh shit! You know, to me, to me, it was uh, you know, it was just the coolest college radio station that I ever knew. I mean, I, I didn't go to any other college, so I'm, I'm biased. But uh, it, it was just, it's just, it meant freedom at the time for me, and um, and uh, and fun. It was just. Just so many good times there. I, like I said, you're really making me think a lot over the past couple of days, thinking about this interview and, and, and obviously while we're doing it, how much fun I had there and uh, how important it was for me to be there and, uh, and learn 
to do the business that I love and I've loved for years. And, uh, you know, it's changed a lot. You know, I, I always think about walking in there that day and hearing the boomtown rats on the radio station and thinking, Oh, this is fucking cool. You know, and we, we, we had our t-shirts at the time. I loved, I saw your t-shirt date Shane with the, uh, uh, looks like the Heinz ketchup logo. That is a fucking cool t-shirt, man. I got a, I just had, we used to have these t-shirts that were just not as fancy as those. It just said WISU good stuff. Because everybody just played what they wanted to do, and we had a reggae show, we had a rock show, we had, you know, we had, we had some uh, dance shows, we had some disco shows. It was all over the board, but it was uh, it was just good stuff, you know. Mike Kyle, Mike Tyler, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today on Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Thank you, Shane. Doc, this has been unreal, hasn't it? Yeah, this has been real, and and, and Shane. The, the whole family thing it strikes such a chord with me, Shane. Now you're, you are seeing what Doc talks about. You know, Doc, we ended today's interview with Mike Tyler with a question that I would ask our station's alumni when I brought them in for testimonials during our station's 50th anniversary year. And during that 50th anniversary year, those testimonials would air on the WIXQ airways for all of our listeners to hear. And I commonly remember, and I really vividly remember, sitting in the lounge with you during lunch, and you would stop in your tracks when you were talking, whenever a testimonial would air, and you would say, ooh, which one is it this time? And I remember one day, very, very vividly, you had said, you know what, Shane? Have you taken notice that there's a common theme throughout all of these testimonials? And I was like, well, what's that, Doc? And you had said, family, community, and belonging. All of those alumni had talked about how WIXQ and the college radio station was a safe place for them to feel like they were welcome, to be with a whole bunch of different people, but they could have fun. They could enjoy themselves. They might clash from time to time, but they just felt like they belonged. And it took you pointing out that to me for me to realize just how much it has meant to so many different people especially people like Mike Kyle, who has gone on to do tremendous things within the radio industry, but yet he still thinks about his days in college radio as some of the best times of his life. And if it resonates with people like him, I can only imagine what that feeling and that sense of belonging is going to feel for so many other people. Hey, I'm not bragging, but that was my goal. You have every right to brag there, Doc. You know, Shane, we've heard from a very famous person, right? That's right, Doc. And, you know, there are a lot of people who uh, worked sort of behind the scenes and helped WIXQ and also uh, didn't really necessarily use it as to go to a successful career in radio, but because they also wrote for the Snapper, became very successful in uh, writing. I think it's a great opportunity to bring on somebody who is involved in a couple different clubs. And wasn't that broadcasting major that so many people might think are involved in college radio? And, Doc, we have a wonderful woman to bring on next week for episode number 21 of Scholastic Transmission, Darissa Belinsky. Yes. What a great idea, Shane, because she did radio and she had a position, but she was also a crossover. She wrote a lot for the Snapper and she was really into music. So, yeah, this would be a good one, Shane. I know we've commonly talked on this podcast before about involving people who aren't broadcasting majors, but I also think it's really important to talk about again, because it's always commonplace within college radio, 
the people who are really reinforcing the radio station behind the scenes, and she really fits that to a T. Yes, she does, and she was a tremendous help uh, with the, well, along with Mama and her. The history that I wrote would not have ever gotten into place. The written history, and Darissa was the editor, and she did it without pay. Can you believe that? I think it's because people tend to take a liking to you and appreciate all of your hard work that you do for them. But I don't know. We'll have to ask her next week. Yeah, let's do that. Good idea, Shane. Your ideas are getting better with each episode. I try, Doc. I try. In the meantime, you can stay up to date with Scholastic Transmission all across social media at College Radio Pod. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody who loves college radio. Now, before we go today, Doc, is there anything else that you want to talk with Mike Tyler about? No, I, I mean, Mike, Mike is just one of, well, I mean, Mike is Mike. What can I say? I'm looking forward now to going on and talking to Darissa Belinsky. I am looking forward to that too, Doc, because we always want to cover everybody from all ends of the spectrum. So for Doc Rock himself, Dr. Ralph Antonin, and our guest today, Mike Tyler, I'm Shane Garcia. Thanks for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.